For the first mile of Uncle Jim's junkyard, the rows are organized roughly by year. But beyond that, in the gully, it's anyone's guess. Between the stands of pine, GTOs and Chevelles clutter the gully floor. Their muscle car engines silenced by rust. Their headlights, grills, and mirrors removed. Their interiors gutted to the floorboards. By now, the whole place is a nest for raccoons. Every night, the animals awake from the decaying bodies of Mustangs and Volvos, then press themselves beneath the chain link that separates us from the highway, from the swimming pools and the bright green golf course of upstate Willow's gated community. Jim gets a lot of complaints about it, which is why I'm on raccoon patrol today, toting the rusty old pump-action shotgun. Most of the time I'm on patrol, I don't even load it. I never find anything. And besides, back there, I have other things on my mind. A cowboy, for example. Howdy, buckaroo, Roy Rogers says, lifting his white Stetson. He's riding the horse again, trigger. Her dad's still in rough shape. They let him out of Albany Medical, I say. But he's got to live in nurse. The stroke killed his memory, so he keeps falling down and pretending like it didn't happen. I lift the gun to my shoulder, the barrel cool against my neck. Maybe he'll die. A gust of wind ruffles Trigger's straw-colored mane. When the horse neighs and shifts his weight, Roy pulls the reins to steady him. It's incredible. All of the details are just like in the movies. The embroidered gingham shirt, plaid mantling its shoulders, snaps up the front like beads of ice. His squinting eyes, his boots and buckle. The jaunty scarf cinched around his neck, adding a touch of panache, I guess, for the camera. What's mom think? Roy asks. She doesn't talk much, I say. But I can tell she still loves him even forgives him for everything. When the hospital called, before she told me what happened, she did that thing where she reminds me that he'll always be my father, that nothing can ever change that. Not the divorce. Not even what he did to her. She's right, Roy says. I know. When I finally returned to the front of the yard, Randall... Uncle Jim's other employee is playing solitaire at the splintering picnic table, his ponytail tied with a bandana, a joint smoldering between his lips. Uncle Jim was a hippie once, and he doesn't seem to mind. Though I doubt Randall would stop even if he did. Kill any? Randall asks. No, I say. I was talking to Roy Rogers. Right, Randall says, not listening. He hits the joint, then stacks an ace in his scoring rack. Fucking tell me about it. You don't talk about your dad roughing up your mom. The only time I asked mom about it, we were watching trains from the front porch at Uncle Jim's, where we've been living for three years now. She downed a whiskey sour and finished off the last of a crossword puzzle book, one of the dozens in her supply. Each of their covers a cheery blue or yellow a simple promise of clues and grids to be packed with a loopy, confident handwriting.
As she spoke, still at her crossword, she didn't offer much detail, as though it happened to somebody else. A woman on the news, maybe. In the end, the gist was that it happened five or six times a year, though she'd only had to go to the hospital once, she added. Only? I said. You know what I mean, she said. Afterwards, Mom stood, the ice clinking in her glass, then walked into the yard to inspect her garden. A ring of marigolds blossomed around it, turning the rabbits away with its scent. Everything she planted grew as though desperate to impress her. Broccoli florets to her waist, tomato vines that climbed their trellises of chicken wire like over-eager snakes.